warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Bring out your dead! The Comedy of Horrors Film Festival is the world's only film fest dedicated to the horror comedy genre. Although it is only entering its fourth year, it has already landed in Movie Maker Magazine's top five coolest comedy film fest worldwide. So how often can you be involved in something that's the top five coolest of anything? Well, right now, you can get involved in the top five coolest of this. Golly, how can somebody like me get involved with something as cool as this? Well, that, my friends, is way too easy. You can head over to kickstarter.com and look up Bone Bat and you'll come right to the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival 2014 project page. From now until Thursday, December 19th, you can make a pledge to this project to help Stephen Gord put on this year's festival. Wow, that is cool! So where's this festival, you ask? Well, takes place April 26th at Central Cinema in Seattle, Washington. I know, I hear you. What if you don't live in the Pacific Northwest? What's in it for me to pledge to Stephen Gord's project? Well, there's still plenty of great pledge packages for those of you who won't be able to attend the festival. And still know that you help Stephen Gord reach their dream. No, no, not the dream about Morgan Fairchild and the Guava Jelly. Their dream to put on the ultimate Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. For example, 10 bucks will get you posterage, the limited edition 2014 Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival poster. And some thank yous. Hey, 15 bucks? Get shirtage. You get the 2014 limited edition BBFF t-shirt plus a poster and you still get a thank you. If you are going to be in the area, why don't you just kick up 25 bucks, get ticketage, ticket to the show. That's right, one ticket. It's going to be the lowest rate ticket you are going to get, and you know you got it supporting the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. And the goodies go on and on and on. Hey, for 100 bucks, you get the giant bone baggage. They call that their biggest sack yet. Who doesn't want the biggest sack? Well, for 100 bucks, you can have it. But I don't want a big sack. I want a pony! It'll be a comedy of horrors when that pony stomps in your skull. But speaking of ponies, head up to kickstarter.com and pony up your pledge for the 2014 Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Comedy, horror, live music, that just adds up to a trifecta of fun, my friends. And for those of you saying to yourself, eh, I don't think so. This awaits you all with nasty, big, pointy teeth. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Fuck it! <laughs> Stress enough at work, I wanna kick it lazy Sunday style. Arcade full of cabinets, I gotta say I'm versatile. Street Fighter, that's my game. Don't wanna face me, Amy, yo, embarrass you and beat you with the tiny Chinese lady. Please, your abilities just won't compare. This guy'll get in major, opponents running scared. But I'm too quick in the sky, so you won't go up there. You think it's only you throwing people from the air? Quick, stick and move like the proof. 
room, collar troops, skin and steel, top of you, Dr. Doom, Sonic Boom. Give me room, got right you, throwing fire like a dragon, dude. Fiend fan from watch your fume, what you think you're gonna do? Okay, rolling through for every man, I got a plan, so you still can't beat me, give it all you can. Whatever, man, I'm not even feeling hot today, let's go land F this game, don't like that version anyway. The conflict begins on the screen. Press start. Tactics and skill on the theme. Press start. Two players enter, one player leaves. The outcome remains to be seen. Press start. Now it's time to even up the score. Press start. Beefy combined with dual core. Press start. A rematch, forget it. I'm all out of credits. Okay. Okay, one more. Press start. PC game, and time for showing off my force. On my favorite map, Office, and Counter-Strike Source. Land it up, so my deagle can't erupt. Live and aid, spray and pray, are you really manning up? I don't know, ask the bodies that I left over in dust. Planting bombs and you can trust, gonna let my shoddy bust. Spray it up, those you nuts. Yeah, you know you love my tag. You're sitting right across from me, no blaming this on lag. Okay, now I'm mad, but this round's in the bag. Dominate! What the, how'd you get another frag? Aim and hit, straight and quick, spray and split. Headshot, headshot. This is making me sick. I swear this wasn't planned and there wasn't no rehearsal. Then how would you explain all this crazy role reversal? Maybe I was blessed with the glory of the headshot. What Amy doesn't know is that I got the dopest aimbot. A conflict begins on the screen. Press start. Tactics and skill on the feet. Press start. Two players enter, one player leaves. The outcome remains to be seen. Press start. Now it's time to even up the score. Press start. Beefy combined with dual core. Press start. A rematch, forget it. I'm all out of credits, okay. Okay, one more. Press start. 80s level 99. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 109 of the Bone Bat Show, where we are streaming live for the very first time on Ustream. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Found the chicken. <laughs> Did you find the chicken? Found the chicken. <laughs> where was it? Well, the good news is the chicken was where it was supposed to be because you're supposed to keep all of your, you know, your meat together. It was with the pork chops. The bad news is it was still all out in the van, uh, covered with some various pieces of van debris. So didn't see it when I took the groceries in. Smelled it a couple days later. <laughs> I'm glad you found that chicken. I knew you would. <laughs> chicken, man. What can you do? Uh, yeah, so uh, those of you who didn't join us last episode, uh, Gord uh, had some chicken go missing. Some missing chicken. In the intro last show, we were uh, spending some time discussing whether or not he would ever find it, and uh, he's got it now. So Yes. Nice. I don't think I'm going to eat this chicken, though. Please don't. I may give it as a Christmas present. <laughs> there you go. Some of that. Oh, God. You know, I have been buying a lot of Christmas presents on uh, credit cards. Like you do, of course. Yeah, because I'm an American and that's my God-given right. Right, yeah, absolutely. And I've noticed that nowadays when you buy something with a credit card, it's not like back when we were youngsters. You don't sign an actual piece of paper and then have someone compare the signature on the paper to the signature on your ID. You just take that stylus and make a swipe on a digital pad that kind of approximates your signature, I guess. Right. But I've discovered that you can do anything you want on that pad. It doesn't have to be your signature. Really? It's, so not, you could... it's not getting compared to like a digital version of your signature back at headquarters. So you could anything. write your name in block letters or a band logo. Yeah, you could do the Bone Bat Show or you could do like I've been doing. And what you do is because it's digital and it's going to be archived somewhere, 
You could just draw a dick and balls. <laughs> really? Is, yeah. that what, is that what you've been doing? Yeah, quite a bit. So <laughs> somewhere there's like a consumer database of all these drawings I've done in stores throughout this great nation of ours. And I suggest all our listeners do the same. It could be the, the Christmas dick and balls revolution. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, you know, there is that huge government data warehouse somewhere in the Midwest buried underground. Why not fill that with hand-drawn <laughs> pictures of junk? That's magnificent. Yeah. Uh, Matt from Seattle Geekly has just joined us online. Hey, Matt. He says Shannon is too busy playing Pokemon X to type. Oh, I, I have Pokemon to. Y. Speaking of video games, Shannon and Matt, thank you very much for Tiny Death Star. Really, really appreciate you telling me about that. You, you know how I'm basically a sucker for anything Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I know that. And so there's this new app for Android and iPhone, iTunes, whatever, which has like this cute little level builder thing, kind of like, like a dumbed down SimCity. Or Sim Tower, I guess, was the original one, but where you're basically building levels of the Death Star and then trying to get aliens to move into your levels. And it's just a ridiculous time suck. It's really cute, and it only takes a second at a time, but pretty soon you find out like you're watching a show and you're touching it just constantly. You can't let it go, so... Uh. Well, that's pretty cool. DZ suggested uh, regarding your drawings, your drawings on your credit card statement, and then you can challenge the signature and say you don't sign like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in fairness, Matt and Shannon did sort of warn that it was a time suck, but uh, now I'm addicted to it. I've got like 32 levels going, and uh, I blame you guys. So uh, let's talk about the show a little bit, man. We're listening, of course, our musical guest is beefy uh we're gonna have an interview that we're gonna stick in after the fact that'll be in the middle of this show and it goes live on sunday just to talk to him a little bit about his music and him joining us at the bone bat comedy of horrors film festival tentatively uh also as you probably know because we've been spamming it to everybody who will listen uh, and even people that won't listen we're <laughs> exactly. spamming them too we currently have a kickstarter going for the fourth Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. Really excited about that. Right now we're at 49%, so we really can make this. We've got nine days left, I believe. It's definitely within the range, but uh, we need some help. So I'm hoping that you folks, if you've had a good time, please go out and tell your friends. I know Matt and Shannon have enjoyed popping into the film festival before and have spent some time there tell your friends you know just let everybody know what a great time it is hopefully we can generate a little bit more ticket sales to get us over the top because we definitely need your help to make this happen so we do we need not just the regular kind of help we actually need your help to make the film festival happen just spreading the word too a lot of people like i know matt and shannon have already jumped in and sponsored us in a big bad way we completely appreciate that and uh, getting the word out at this point is the important thing, because uh, we know that we put together a good party, and if we can get a few more people to come, it's going to be that much better. So, Matt and Shannon say, no way, you guys are on your own. We've alienated them now. That's wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, and some of the swag you can get is an original drawing from me, and it will be more than just a quick signature of dick and balls. <laughs> really? You won't just give them one of your credit card statements? <laughs> no, not for, them. For 75 bucks or whatever it is? Yeah, you I might do that for. <laughs> All right, so uh, that is uh, what we can say so far, I guess, about the film festival. Uh, dude, I've got, like, uh, submissions coming in daily. That's great. 
see what I've got here. I can t- kind of tell you. A film came in from Appleton, Wisconsin, two days ago. Also got a film in from uh, Vancouver, B.C. Just oh, in, in Canada. Land. Yeah. So directors be firing in. Uh, Already, one of the shorts that we tried to get for the last one and failed miserably. Already, that short has come in for real, and we can show it this year. Yeah, that one's pretty definite. It's it's interesting because we have this big spreadsheet online. Are you going to sell signed chickens for the film fest? Have you thought about? <laughs> if you bring in a chicken, I will sign it. Didn't we? I, I kind of put the kibosh on cats, though. I said n- no bringing cats into the theater because cats, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but chickens. Could you imagine the clucking? <laughs> it would be a cluster cluck. It would be a cluster cluck. Anyway, where was I? On the chicken. <laughs> Before the chicken. What were we talking about? Oh, no. We were talking about how it was an absolute heartbreak for me last oh, year. Yes. That this one particular short we couldn't show. And, right. and how I'm just positively splooging with joy over the fact that we now have that short to show. Is that a technical term? Yeah, that's a film industry term. <laughs> But yeah, so we've got a spreadsheet that we where we keep, and you know, it, a lot of it like Gordon and I will watch shorts at different times, and we'll go into the spreadsheet and we'll put like little rankings, ranking one to ten, and so you know, all the shorts that we've watched have these various rankings, and they they go up or down based on what we see next, and this was this was like the top three definitely of the seventy five or eighty shorts we watched last year. And we just couldn't get a hold of the directors. And uh, they're in the Netherlands. And we were able to finally reach them. And it's all locked up. So you'll definitely be seeing that one. And you better like it. Oh, I know you will. Dude. Dude. Why don't we talk uh, what we do a little bit every episode at this time? What? Every, every episode at this time? This at particular this time. moment? Yes, this moment. What pisses you off? Here's what pisses me off. Well, I guess this is just the Christmas ode. I'm doing a little online Christmas shopping for stocking stuffers for my for my kids. Sure. And just for the sheer hell of it, I typed Think Geek into Amazon because there's thinkgeek.com and they sell fun geeky little things. One of the suggestions for my kids stocking stuffers that came up was the Checkmate Infidelity Test Detect Semen Test Kit. <laughs> The home, For home use, it says. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is this probably really bad stocking stuffer for my kids, the the whole idea of this like home semen test kit <laughs> with with ten applications per order that you can like go and try to find errant jizz in your house with this. <laughs> That sounds horrific. It does. <laughs> the funny thing is, I just, I pictured like when you said this, you know, coming in on Christmas morning and having your kid go, Dad, I got the black light I wanted. And turning it on and like jizz everywhere <laughs> on the Christmas tree, dripping off the stockings. The Santa's just violated the entire living room. <laughs> Looks like Santa came. <laughs> and came. And then it turns out, I didn't even realize this, you did a cartoon similar to this subject years ago. Yeah, that was like one of the first cartoons I ever did. I was still trying to figure out how to draw stuff. <laughs> and I think I turned that into a Christmas card for my, my close friends. <laughs> Oh, nice. I, yeah. I must have missed that. Clearly, I'm not one of your close friends. <laughs> Yak Boy says that ain't right. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it really isn't. Oh, well. 
That's what happens when you turn on a black light in my house, I guess. So what did you end up getting for this stock? Did you find something better? I mean, I, why didn't you just, <laughs> instead of typing Think Geek on Amazon, isn't that like typing Coke on the Pepsi website? I mean, Yeah, pretty much. Because I can get the same stuff. Think Geek is its own website. With yeah, but they don't selling. give me free shipping. Oh, that's what you're doing. All right. DZ wants to know if it's about supernatural infidelity. Ooh, some like ecto spooksmic. <laughs> I don't know. Who you it's gonna, like ectoplasm. Who are you going to call? With love. <laughs> Ghost spunkers. Gordon, Gordon in his box from Amazon. Ten applications of this stuff. <laughs> That's the thing that blows me away. Some guy's like, oh, I was going to get the other brand, but this box has ten applications. I'm going to find all the errant Christmas jizz. DZ says there was a sketch comedy show about the Sicilian Seaman Kings. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Uh, hold on a moment. All right. Be right back. Oh. <laughs> hey, my son just jumped into the <laughs> chat room. That's great. Speaking of Sicilian Seaman Kings. Speaking of Parent of the Year. <laughs> Good Lord. The missus is on. Oh, that's, that's great. <sighs> yeah. So what pisses me off? Besides your son logging into your <laughs> dirty, dirty podcast. Yeah. So did you hear about this hacking job that happened the other day? Regional what news hacking story. job is that? Researchers at cybersecurity firm TrustWave recently discovered a hacker database that contains more than 2 million stolen passwords associated with a variety of popular services, including Facebook, Gmail, Twitter, and Yahoo. These services have been resetting account credentials since news of the theft started making the rounds. So I got a email a couple of days ago from Sony, of all people, for the Sony network. Oh, yeah. And uh, they basically were saying that I needed to reset my password. Now, I don't have a PlayStation, but at one point I like went in and homesteaded my, the Bonehand name just so I would have it if I got one down the road. Mm-hmm. So I never messed with that account, and so I didn't really think much about it. I changed the password. And then, a couple days later, I was trying to log on to Twitter, and I got the same thing. It says that your account's been hacked. You need to change the passwords. And so I did that. And then today, I got a thing from Blizzard saying that my Diablo 3 account had been misused, like I'd been cheating or something, and my account had been revoked. And if I wanted to play what? again, I would have to buy a new Diablo 3 license. What? I've got, you got to be shitting me. I, and honestly, I haven't played Diablo 3 in like a year. Wow. So, Yakboy just pointed out 2 million stolen passwords in. 1.9 million of them are passwords. I actually have that. It says that the, the, <laughs> the investigation found that most common passwords used were 123456, 12345678912341234, and password. Of course. Now, mine wasn't. Mine isn't anything that stupid. You know, it's just a word with some numbers at the end. But uh, clearly, I, I've got to do a better job. I like to do password P A S S W U with umlauts R D because you know that's oh, how I, do I roll. Password with W E R D. I do that's... like the Motorhead version of password. That would be because I'm just metal like that. But, uh, yeah, that totally pisses me off. So I had to go get in touch with Blizzard and spend, I don't know, 45 minutes on the phone, like, ironing out my account. 
And, oh, that's lame. For a game you may never actually play again. Right. And in all, all honesty, they were pretty awesome about it. The guy, like, he didn't even challenge me on, you know, the fact that the account hadn't been used. When I when I uh, opened up the game, it had like 14,000 updates or something like that. It was just ridiculous. So I'm, I'm glad that it got all straightened out. And, uh, you know, like my StarCraft 2, I guess one good thing to know with Blizzard accounts are basically separate for different games. So my StarCraft 2 account is not the same as my Diablo 3 account. One could be compromised and the other one would be fine. So they, they seem to have some oh, internal things. Cool. But they were suggesting that uh, you use an authenticator, which I'm not 100% sure what that is. Isn't uh, that a guy that comes over to your house and makes sure that you're authentic? I, I think that's it. No, uh, I was playing uh, that Star Wars Old Republic Online or whatever for a minute. And they required, like, this ridiculous authenticator system where you had, like, a separate app on your phone in order to say who you were. And, uh, I don't know, I, I didn't really play it. But, uh, yeah, that pisses me off. Hackers hacking into my shit and messing with my different accounts. And you don't realize, like, how many different accounts you sign up for with the password. And I always try to keep it kind of the same just so I'll remember, because invariably I won't when it's time to go in. But uh, one of the things, uh, a site I saw suggested using a string of phrases like four unrelated words like you can bone remember. bat show yeah something like that if you have this phrase that you memorize it's really hard as a password to figure out so that's eh, something to think about but you, everybody out there who's listening you might want to go and you know reset some passwords find out uh, what's going on with your accounts because this will probably pop up at some point with two million different passwords. Jeez. Yeah, but if they, it doesn't matter how hard your password is to remember. If someone oh, yeah. steals your password, steals it off of a it. spreadsheet from Sony or whoever. Right. Yeah, that doesn't do you any good. But. No good for you. <laughs> well, dude, why don't we check out a tune? Let's do it. This is another tune I dig off of with sprinkles. I know you like this one. It's got a little YT cracker on it. Mm-hmm. This is Ones and Zeros. Throw up your hands if you're rocking with the heroes. The BVT and YDC, we talk with Ones and Zeros. Party in your head when you're feeling the verse. Best believe in what you see. Nerdy South, we own the universe. Rock across the globe, but at home on the track. Speak before you open your mouth Praise be the spam God for giving you the nerdy sound I be the finger snapper Your sister's favorite rapper Make you put your hands together Then it's over like the clapper I'm the day and I'm the night Both the alpha and omega Flex fit upon my skull Dressed in black just like a Sega Got more power than the mega drive You taking a five While you rest your friends And learn the main event has arrived Baptized in the fire When I held the five and quarter A beast has come alive So tell the channel five reporter Didn't learn to make it work Learn to make it work for me I got the information that I needed to succeed Now you see me in the spotlight, you read the marquee A list of all your favorite rappers and among them is me Put in the hours and I'm grinding, watch the numbers explode Call it in at 211, beefy stolen the show And he ain't ever giving it back, trying you get laid flat Finally higher level and I've waited long to say that Throw up your hands if you're rocking with your heroes The BVT your IDC, we talk with ones and zeros Party in your head when you're feeling the verse Best believe in what you see, nerdy stuff, we own the universe Rock across the globe, but at home on the track Keep it lean, keep it geeking, yo, you know where it's at Think before you speak, before you open your mouth Praise be the spam, God for giving you the nerdy 
chance In the spam guide enforce every bit of my parlance Spent to call my brothers, DG does a damn thing Nerdy style keeps the records rotating for the spam king Spamming that romance in every little girl up on the tubes Typed a couple sentences, now I'm looking at a boob Don't lose your focus, I'm the dopest in fact Ain't no fiction in my fiction with these chicks in a sack Got an act for the praise him, ladies, I amaze them Sitting on the wireless, naked at the day's end Once again, that was Ones and Zeros by Beefy featuring Whitey Cracker off the 2010 release with Sprinkles. I love that tune. Is that a trombone in there? I believe so. It's not the rusty trombone, though. Uh, oh, thank you. Yak Boy just pointed out that if you're having a crappy day with Sprinkles, is the best album ever to put on. I got to agree that that's way up there. Uh, Smiles Time featuring Schaefer the Dark Lord and uh, Up, Up, and Away. I mean, it's just filled with really happy music. And we're not usually fans of happy music either. No, not generally, but uh, on occasion. I tell you, Beefy's just an affable, likable character. I think that's part of it, too. He makes you smile just in and of himself. He does. DZ points out that Nerdcore in general makes for happiness. Uh, also, nerd metal like Deathlehem. You know, we, we should have them on the show. Deathlehem. Deathlehem. They are really cool uh, nerd metal band. I do not know the Deathlehams. No, well, we'll get some in your ear. I've played them on the Heavy Half Hour before, and they're good. Uh, DZ asked uh, what beer I'm drinking. I'm actually, I lied. It's not a beer. It's Ace Pear Cider. Perry Hart oh, Cider. Oh, God. You with these dessert beer drink things. What is wrong oh, with dude, you? Oh, dude, this summer at Ren Fair, <laughs> yes? I, uh, I tried this stuff, and ice-cold pear cider is delicious. I love this stuff. God, you say I have a sweet tooth, but when it comes to putting beers in your mouth, you are with sprinkles. <laughs> Am I? You are. So, dude, uh, Let's yeah. see, I guess this is kind of free play time. I know we got this delay going, but uh, is there anything that folks wanted to ask us, wanted to talk about? Yak Boy just pointed out, uh, if you can get Schaefer the Dark Lord to rap about how happy he is, you're probably on to something. That's absolutely true, because that guy is just pure, unadulterated evil. He's dark. Yes, that's why he's the Dark Lord. Yeah. Well, he seems kind of happy during the bender, though. <laughs> yeah, because he's... And speaking of on something... <laughs> yeah, he's on everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm a total nerd. I got accused of being a nerd for going to Renfair. 
I you took the family. This Ren Fair this year was awesome. It was the first year where the kids were old enough to be like, hey, guys, go play in the Ren Fair. We're going to the beer garden. <laughs> we're going to look at cleavage. That was delightful. I brought my own cleavage. I had my wife there, so that oh. worked out fine. <laughs> you just had your own moves. I just needed the wine, but uh, or the pear cider in this case. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Ren Fair was pretty kick-ass. I enjoyed it. Did you joust? I did not joust. I watched some jousting. I ate some meat on sticks. Is that kind of like jousting? I guess it, it depends was on how you like There was this one place, actually, it was like a sausage place that had curry sausage and chicken habanero cilantro sausage. And I got a couple of them, and we split them. But, I mean, I that was really good. Uh, Did they have than, that during the Renaissance? I forget. Yeah, I don't think that that was period correct, frankly. Hmm. Where did the habanero actually come from? Was that a South American pepper that made its way back with the conquistadors? Oh, is habanero the Scotch bonnet? The Scotch bonnet pepper? Is that the other name? Because I thought it came like from Jamaica or something. The Scotch bonnet. Unless that's a completely different pepper. You know, I... I fell asleep during Pepper's class, so... Mr. Pepper's class? Yes. I will never achieve the ranking of Dr. Pepper myself. <laughs> Anything else interesting lately? Yeah. I, I bought a desk, and I've been trying to assemble the desk, and I finally got to the... You put the big pillar on the back that you hang your monitor on, so it can, you, know, you can move it around. It's like GLaDOS from Portal or Portal 2, and just about tore the whole thing apart trying to get the monitor to hang on there. That's why I was late to the podcast. <laughs> halfway under the desk and then trying to get cords back on top of the desk and the monitor wasn't working. It kept flopping down. And... <laughs> See, your dad would have been like under a car. There's something yeah. like far more manly than under an Ikea desk fucking around <laughs> with an Allen wrench. <laughs> <laughs> We're so not manly as our fathers. Yeah. My Good. dad is a manly man, but he was uh, he was never under a car unless it had run over him. He was probably under a Jeep, wasn't he? He was in the military. Yeah. He could yeah. do a thing or two with a thing or two. The man's got skills. No, here's the thing. My dad was a CPA, and he had a client that was a mechanic, and they had an agreement that the <laughs> client was never allowed to do his own books, and my dad was never allowed to lift the hood on any of his vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> because like invariably that. it would be... Just foobar if either one of them did. <laughs> DZ was asking if my family dressed up for Ren Fair. Actually, my wife used to work Ren Fair in uh, San Bernardino in Southern California. So she still has an old, like, full dress. She was like a ale wench in the horse tourney or something like that. And so she still has that same dress, and so she bequeathed that to my daughter. And so my daughter actually dressed up wearing my wife's old dress, which is kind of cool. My son did not. I think he wore like a Lego gauntlet type of a thing that we picked up at the Lego store. Definitely not period correct. I'm surprised he didn't come as a cow. My wife and I. Yeah, he loves cows. My wife and I did not dress up at all. We dressed for comfort because usually it's really hot out there in the valley in August. And uh, shorts and t-shirt are really what's called for. I thought that... Ren Fair was like Burning Man, like everyone was supposed to participate. Nah, no, this is... A, you just show up and look at the freaks? Is that the that, no, is that your this thing? Is, this fair is it's called a Renaissance Fantasy Fair. So, I, it, you know, you see people dressed up as like Jack Sparrow and elves and different things. It, so it, you it, can it, come as a Trekkie. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially just like any other fair. 
You know, you can dress, come dressed as whatever you want. And a lot of people don't dress up at all. They're just there to watch the spectacle and have a good time. And it's it's always fun. It's just a lot of times the heat will be the biggest thing. It's like you're sitting out there all day. It's There isn't much shade because it's in the middle of this farmer's field. And uh, that's the worst thing about it is just kind of protecting yourself from the summer sun. And, you know, us Seattle people have thin, thin blood now, man. <laughs> we, yes, we, don't, do. we don't handle the heat well. We don't no, handle the cold well. You put a leather well. gherkin on and a doublet, you'd probably just, you'd roast in your own juices. You see, this is why we have an awesome audience. The habanero pepper originated from the Amazon area and spread its way through Mexico and out. You know, the habanero pepper has made its way into my area and spread its way out, too. <laughs> Did it exit through Mexico, it, if you it, acquire my drift? Yes, <laughs> I believe it did exit through Mexico. It's funny, because there's a, a place here in town where, uh, on Tuesday, it's a stir-fry place called Yummy Teriyaki. They've got, like, a teriyaki platter with rice and a couple of gyoza potstickers for, like, Eight bucks, something like that, eight ninety-five. And it's on Tuesdays they have the spicy chicken special. And so that's the day I'm likely to go get that. And usually I'll get five star and it's not too bad. Today it was hot. My mouth was burning for like an hour afterwards. I, I think they doubled up on the heat this time because it, it got me good. That's great. When something's so hot it makes you sweat from eating it. Yeah, and I I've got like a bald head now that I sweat through, which is just <laughs> all this whole other messy thing. Which you don't have that problem because you're still like, I don't know. I still have a tuft of hair. Svelte and hairy. Don't you wear like the same size jeans you did in high school? Yeah, pretty much. That's just killed me. I think I'm up to like uh, 133 now, 134, somewhere in there. (laughs) You're gross. (laughs) I'm emaciated. (laughs) All right, dude. Well, do you have a political rant this week? You know... It's Christmas time. This is the Christmas sode. Because I, I don't want to do some, something that's going to piss people bad, off my bad politics. News. So let's just, let's just go on the record and say rant. that. Uh, oh, what are you doing? I'm singing. Oh, well, singing let me know when you're done. Col- political rant blues. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Christmas time. I'm, I'm not going to do a political rant that's going to piss people off. I just want to remind everybody. That, of course, Jesus was not born December 25th because shepherds were not out watching their flocks by night in the dead of winter. He was probably born in the springtime. (laughs) Wait, though. If it's south of the equator, wouldn't it be (laughs) flip-flopped? Oh, I don't know about that. Now you're... Everyone knows when Jesus was born, the world is flat. (laughs) That's right. Shit. When did they convert? Right about the time Christopher Columbus discovered the Ark of the Covenant. During Y1K? Yes. (laughs) Oh, hey, someone just asked, where do we stand on the next-gen console debate? X-Bone or PS4 or neither? I am squarely in the neither camp right now. Why would I want to buy another machine that can't play any of the vast library of games that I own or use any of the controllers or my steering wheel, any of my Xbox stuff? (laughs) So... Yeah. The rock band setup I spent hundreds of dollars on, all the plastic guitars and frippery. Frippery, yes, yeah. I used frippery, frippery on the podcast. Because Robert Fripp, wasn't he a guitarist for uh, I believe King he was. Crimson? I was specifically talking about him. But 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, I actually was talking to uh, a buddy of mine who works for Microsoft, and I was kind of, hey, uh, so wh- what is your thought on this? And he goes, I'm not saying anything, but I'm waiting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so take that for what you want to take it for. Uh, I-, I think it's just from last time. I- uh, you and I, I remember we had kind of decided that we were going to get the Xbox over the PlayStation 3, and... Uh, then Red Ring of Death started happening. And I remember when I finally got my Xbox, like we had found out what uh, shipments, the repaired ones with the better cooling system. The Falcon chipset. Yeah, the Falcon chipset. And so we were like sitting there and uh, figuring out and we went to Fry's like looking through uh, serial numbers to try to find the right spread so that you got one that wasn't going to crap out on you. How many times did you have, I mean, granted it was what, a decade? But how many times did you have uh, to replace your Xbox? Uh, I'm on my third Xbox now, so replaced it twice. You know, I was talking to a genuine uh, high school teenager today, and he was saying how excited he was that he was getting another Xbox. Xbox One? No. Xbox 360. Really? Yeah. Why? Basically, I think that he felt that there really wasn't that much to offer with the new Xbox. It's like if you get this wonderful high-powered machine with the neato interface and the connect and everything, what are you going to do with it? Play Rise? That game looks like it sucks. <laughs> Play Forza, which is just a prettier Forza of the Forza you already have, except the Forza you already have has a lot more cars and a lot more tracks. Yeah. There's no compelling reason for me to even desire to buy another game console right now. I'm, I'm still rocking XCOM. Come on. <laughs> And by the way, here's a little hint for you people out there playing XCOM. Don't let your guys, don't let your troops, the ones you're not using, don't let them idle around not wearing their armor, not having weapons. There will come a time when all of a sudden the aliens will invade your base. And you better have your guys dressed and ready to rock, even if they're not out on a mission. The only thing that we've ever talked about more than Dead Girl (laughs) and... Old Man's War by John Scalzi is XCOM Enemy Unknown. That's true. I think it's finally taken the lead. You know what? Uh, Yakboy just pointed out, he says that they got an X-Bone and had to get it replaced. The graphics card was FUBAR. Wow, right out of the box. Jeez. You see, the thing that intrigues me about having the Xbox is uh, it, having it in the living room as kind of an entertainment center. Because like the other night... We, my son and I, we decided we wanted to watch The Wolverine. And so we were, you know, okay, what's it on? And so you're sitting there and you're messing around with the remote. We first went through Netflix. It wasn't there. We went through Comcast. It was like you had to change another thing to try to get it through the on-demand on our cable service. It wasn't there. Finally had to switch again to go to Amazon. Each time you're logging out of something and logging back in, because Xbox is all screwed up now with, the, like, the logins for video services. Yeah. And so, finally, you know, was able, oh, now I've got to leave, I've got to leave the Xbox and go buy it on my computer on Amazon for five bucks so that I can watch it on the Xbox. It was like this huge pain in the ass. And from what I understand, one of the key things about the X-Bone will be to be able to say, you know, hey, play Amazon, find the Wolverine, play the Wolverine. You know, it's going to be, using the voice commands, it's going to be a lot simpler. Just trying to get that movie booted up so we could watch it was like starting a podcast. <laughs> that bad? Yeah. It was it was just a pain in the ass. 
So I, I like that idea. Now, in my office, I could see myself keeping the Xbox 360 forever, as long as it doesn't die. Because we've got two 360s now, so maybe an X-Bone for the living room, or a PlayStation 4. DZ was just pointing out that he's going to look take a look at getting a PS3 cheap when the prices go down. And The Last of Us, I'm kind of curious about that game. I, I don't know what the price level would have to be for me to buy a system to play that game. But also, there's the Uncharted games are supposed to be pretty badass. I think there's probably a few PlayStation games that would be worth picking up if that system was cheap. Yeah, I suppose so. All right, dude. Well, uh, that was your political rant. So why yeah, don't we... that was my political rant. And uh, other stuff. So uh, why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. Okay. This tune is uh, Beefy, but Beefy also works with uh, Shale Riley in a project called The Grammar Club who uh, I know Gord is a big fan of the Grammar Club. Yeah, I've been listening to them a lot. And uh, this is off their brand new album, Bioavailable, which just came out this year. This is Four Fine Walls. Feels so good in mine. The one dilly dally, no way, baby. Hey, we're losing time. Bombs and bullets are just part of the scenes. And at the end, your time is written like you got a disease. So let's split before you're ending up in the freezer. They put you on the cover till they don't really need you. And then the hype gets out there and the book gets sold. Then they push your stage left before your story gets told. Oh, move, move, slide to the left. Move, move, slide to the right. Drink, drink, bottle of dark. Drink, drink, bottle of light. Move, move, slide to the left. Move, move, slide to the right. Drink, drink, bottle of red. Drink, drink, bottle of white. Yeah! No, I'm not crazy. Maybe I have a dream. No, you're not the victim, baby. I need you to save me. Let's make it the last scene. Move on to the big screen. And we're way too freaking needy to ever go mainstream. You are the love of my life. Hope you dig that. You say you got a lot of luggage. We can lift that. In no time, that we want us dead. No, I swear to have you wearing little more than a thread. Oh, move, move, slide to the left. Move. Slide to the right, drink, drink, bottle of dark, drink, drink, bottle of light, move, move, slide to the left, move, move, slide to the right, drink, drink, bottle of red, drink, drink, bottle of white, yeah! Close to her breast, she takes her keys, hands shaking badly, chest tight like hallways. Ain't that always the way I see a damsel in distress? Princess, not in this one, but the next. And we wait with some bated breath for a cape crusader to steady save her from death. Yo, cause all I'm seeing is repetitive penmanship that's steady, lacking in etiquette. The feminist aesthetic gets strictly irrelevant. A treehouse no more with a no girls allowed sign hung in the front door. And she's surrounded by walls closing in. She's feeling trapped, forced into the poses, outfits that cut up her circulation. Toes and fingers into fists as she breaks through the fourth wall. Move, move, slide to the left. Move, move, slide to the right. Drink, drink, bottle of dark. Drink, drink, bottle of light. Move, move, slide to the left. Move, move, slide to the right. Drink, drink, bottle of red. Drink, drink, bottle of white. Yeah! Like John Cusack at his finest. We can leave these 
these walls behind us Skip the panels and get off of the page We're not the first to do it, ladies Just check out my boy Wade It's true what the fans say They made it go this way Jason Payne with the Joker Will the crowbar to the brain Start to feel like all our issues in our days are numbered But I can promise we can find a new world That we can't discover So I'm, I'm on a brand new crusade I'm about to prove there's more than life Than the number you get paid The number of stocks sold You can't keep them on the shelf You gotta bring entire armies I can do this by myself, uh-huh You're my Wonder Woman and my Power Girl And if I had my druthers I would tell the entire world And we're back and joining us now on the Bone Bad Show, the one, the only Beefy. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for joining us on the show and more importantly, for agreeing to join us on the Bone Bat Film Festival for 2014. If, of uh, course, it funds. Well, it will, obviously. It'll totally fund. And uh, it was my honor. Thank you very much for inviting me to do it. I'm like, super excited. So what do you what do you think of that when, like, some goofballs come out of the blue and they're like, hey, you want to come play our film festival? Isn't that kind of weird? Well, if you guys were just some weird <laughs> out-of-the-blue guys, then that would probably be, like, pretty strange. I'd probably still do it, though. Is that weird? <laughs> like, I'd, I'd totally be like, well, there's a mic and a stage. I'll do it. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. But, uh, I mean, thankfully... You've been in the, the community and the scene, especially in Seattle, at my shows and at the other nerd shows for so long that it's, I'm only embarrassed I didn't do the last one. <laughs> well, the good thing is, you know, Death Star is precedented. The, uh, Nerdcore has played well at this particular festival, so you I know like it can make, work. I like to think of Death Star as like my Your like fluffer? test rat. Yeah, they're like, they're like the fluffer. I let them go in, test the waters first, and if, it's, if they come back unharmed, then I'll go. There you go. <laughs> So, dude, you've had a big year, man. A ton of recorded material. You had a Grammar Club came out in March, bioavailable, your work with Shale Riley, a totally kick-ass album. You followed that up in July with Adventures of Beef Thompson, check your local listings. You even had a brand new cut with Adam Warrock. You've been a busy man. And VPC2, you had five brand new cuts come out of that with Beaker, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We went. It, we did it for the long haul. So, yeah, just a lot of new music coming out of the Beefy Camp, man. Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, I could be more busy. You know, when Adam Warrock has such a, he's such a, such a precedent, such a bar so high, it's hard <laughs> to think of myself as being busy at all since I didn't release like two or three albums. But, you know, the bioavailable one was super dope and... We got to work with a bunch of cool guys that we hadn't really worked with before, like Jesse Dangerously. And we got, you know, Friend Front Lot is on the track, and mm-hmm. MC Lars is. Wait, MC Lars is not on that album. That was confusing. <laughs> He's going to be on that upcoming album I have with Mustin. But uh, we did that and another free EP. And what's kind of cool is at my upcoming shows and locally, and I'm going to help give it away if uh, if our nice little festival gets funded. We're going to have a cool little album that's like a bunch of unreleased tracks and extended version of uh, Check Your Local Listings called New Episodes. Nice. That, uh, that we're going to be releasing as a physical CD just at Seattle Shows. Nice. And that will be in the enormous packages if we've got this yes, all worked out right. So uh, another little bonus for the Bone Bat Film Festival attendees. Really cool. 
Hell yeah. This has been a really cool year, but I, you know, hopefully 2014 we'll have uh, a couple albums out again and finally finish up something that I started working on earlier this year. And, you know, just life gets in the way and you, you forget to record songs. That happens. <laughs> sure. Well, in addition to recording, though, you've been doing uh, quite a few live shows. I mean, you played the big post-packs after party. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. That was a blast and a half. Then I got a... You know, kick it with some cool people and got to meet Adam Warrock for the first time and got to wish Mr. Mega Ran, Random a, uh, a happy birthday right at midnight. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really cool. That was cool. And the, the uh, Nerdcore panel was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the hell out of that. That happened completely by accident. I showed up on Sunday unexpectedly because I wasn't going to show up at all. And uh, we just I wanted to go upstairs, say hi to Front and the guys, and he just happened to be walking towards it, and he said, hey, do you want to you come be on the panel because Rand isn't here? I'm like, uh, yeah, let's go. So I immediately, <laughs> as soon as I got there, ran to Front, gave him a hug, and, and walked with him and, and met Adam and did a panel. So I had the best timing in the history of my life. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. You know, it, what's cool about the Nerdcore community is you guys all have, like, it seems like inside jokes and stuff, and you all get along really well. There's a lot of camaraderie there. And so there was oh, yeah. just a lot of kind of fun and chemistry in the room that you don't always see at a panel, you know what I mean? And that was right. that, that made it enjoyable for me, I think, as a fan. Which is really cool, too, because, like, me and Adam hadn't met in real life before. And it's weird kind of having, like, some of your first interactions in front of, you know, 50 or 60 people. And uh, it's still kind of just kind of go off and, and have fun and act like you've known each other forever because, you know, you've done songs and you've met each other, you talked to each other online, but... Just haven't had that physical interaction, which I find it overrated in general. <laughs> yeah, you got to leave your house and all that. That's terrible. Ugh. It's so cold <laughs> in Spokane, and to leave this pl- oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> well, the other thing, uh, Nerdapalooza, man, the uh, reverberations can still be heard from the final Nerdapalooza, and you were there. I was Beaker, one of the guys that helped set it up, and. Perhaps the the person who ruined Nerdapalooza, uh, he was he was helping set it up, and he told me that you know they're gonna go big or go home, and if shit doesn't work out, this might be the last one, so I better be there. And I decided I, I ought to be, and the lineup was really great, and everyone I, I really liked was gonna be there, and it didn't make any sense not to be there. Yeah, well, it seemed like it was an absolute who's who of nerdcore. Really I mean, it, it would be hard to name the people who weren't there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then the coolest part is just kind of like hanging out in like the green room and like interacting with some of these guys who have been on the tour or been on tours or some guys who have been in it for years like Front and getting to see people like Schaefer and Adam who, you know, are touring more and more and getting bigger and who just released albums and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and then all the fans that are there because I haven't been in Florida since 09 and apparently I, I left there with a lot of fans because I got <laughs> back and oh my God, like people love Beefy in, in Orlando. It turned nice. Out. That's it great. was super dope. <laughs> you guys played as Grammar Club, correct? Yeah, we did a couple. We did two songs as Grammar Club. I did, was, uh, was that like only the second time you and Shale have gotten together live on stage? Absolutely, it was. And so much better than the first time. We had a lot of technical issues the first time. And, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of rehearse time. But this time, you know, we just got up there with the track. Shale got up there with the, with the microphone. And the first time I played with Shell, you know, he's kind of, he's just a singer, you know, he kind of stood back and kind of sang at his microphone. And then after the show, he was like, Beefy, I really, I really like your show. You really get into it and interact with the audience and, and things like that. And I need to be more like that. And I was like, you do need to be more like that because <laughs> if it's like me, obviously it's good. But uh, so this year, he's like into the crowd. He's getting down. He's slapping hands. He's singing his heart out. I put on an awesome, he's only up there for two songs, but I feel like he stole my entire set and I want it back. Fantastic. That's really <laughs> cool, man. 
So can I ask, since I didn't get to attend just vicariously, what songs did you play? Oh, we, uh, me and Shell did Balloon Flight and Heart Tits. Nice. Yeah, those are classics. You know what I mean? <laughs> we wanted to do something from the new album, but we decided that you know we didn't want to invite 15 other people up on the on the stage with us and <laughs> do all those guest songs. So uh, we, we hit the classics. Very cool. And then you've got another show coming up this weekend, which also is pretty cool because it's like just about every band on the bill has been on the Bone Bad show. The exception yeah. to Dual Core. We're going to have to make that happen at some point. You should make that happen. You might have to endure. You might have to change the topic of the show to like hot tech talk but, uh, <laughs> and and server vulnerabilities. But uh, but no, I, I am so excited. I've done a few shows with, with David of Dual Core and Tady. And uh, obviously, I've done a shit ton of shows with with Wheelie, but this is my first like outside of PAX doing anything with Super Commuter mm-hmm. as like a more toned down set. And obviously, it's a Seattle show that I'm at, so obviously, I'm also going to be performing with with Death Star. Right, but, uh, absolutely. So obviously, super excited to see them. I never performed at the White Rabbit. It's near the the High Dive, which is a place we've been to a million times, and right. we're happy to extend our our club love to extending in, into the Fremont area. Yeah, I had never even heard of the White Rabbit until this show came up. So Me either. And they said like it's next to uh it said it's next to High Dive and I was like, no, there's that weird pottery thing next to High Dive. I was like, not anymore, it's not. <laughs> okay. Boom. So it's right there, huh? Exactly. All right. Well, Plus they were super cool about booking us at like relatively last minute, like a few months ago and and getting us on a Saturday night, which was amazing. So they really hooked it up, and we're really excited to be performing with them. And it's going to be your birthday show, man, right? Yeah. Happy birthday, Beefy. We're, yeah, man. It's going to, we're going to, by the time midnight rolls around, by the time, you know, right around the time Dual Core is like really setting it off, it'll be, uh, I'll be 20 something. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm afraid of the age, I just can't remember what it is off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. And then the next day, you know, obviously the Seahawks play and kind of check out some. What the what do the what do twelve man do during the away game? I need to find that out. Yeah, you'll have to. I, I got to say, man, th- this is a big year for us too with the Seahawks being so good. I can't oh, talk like I was just saying to you. I can't talk to Gordon about it because he's a 49ers fan. Which is <sighs> everyone's perfect, you know. You, you do kills choose your friends, me. right? Yeah, you know, your best friend. You're ripping my heart out, man. But what kind, uh, of, yeah. what kind of friend is he really? Uh, kills me. And so I, yeah, I'm at the bar with my friends. <laughs> Watching the game, trading texts with him, and I'm I'm bitching about the calls, you know, the like phantom oh, yeah. face mask, because there were some just downright bad calls in that game, no matter how any way you look at it. Yeah, it was and he, he said that I'm an entitled Seahawks fan, like we've been good that long, right? Yeah, thank you. Ugh. I mean, we're not too far removed from Tavares Jackson and everything. No, we're yeah, we're not too far removed Being from Jim starter. Mora. I mean, that, yeah. that year was. <laughs> yeah. That year was brutal. I mean, Junior. going into any game knowing that you did not even have a chance to win. And then now, like, all this talk of 12-2 and two or 11-2 and two and we're favored to go to the Super Bowl, that's, that's hard yeah. to wrap your head around. I've been a fan for as long as I can remember, and this is the only year I can remember we've ever been a favorite ever, ever, I, ever. I think the, the year we went to the Super Bowl, like, by the end of the year, there was a lot of hype. Holmgren oh, was looking good. Sean Alexander was unstoppable. Yeah, week 16, though. I mean, this was yeah. like preseason 
pre-preseason, it was like, Seahawks looking like they could be the, them in Denver. I'm like, what? Yeah, I know. It's too much pressure. Oh, it's a lot of pressure. But I've seen them Seahawk it way too many times. <laughs> hassle sack. I'm just having dreams of hassle sack. <laughs> yeah, I, we want the ball and we're going to score. Oh. <laughs> in an alternate, where you, there's an alternate, an alternate reality where Matt Hasselbeck is seen as the most badass motherfucker in the history of the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. That split second. That. Letting that ball go. <sighs> That got the the pass got jumped on by the Packers cornerback. Oh. Had it been like Sean Alexander fumbles or somebody fumbles it or right. you know something else happens, but no, he had to throw the pick six. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, so I'm not. I don't know. There's a weird anxiety every game that they keep winning. I'm kind of glad they lost again. Yeah, I was I was kind of getting too up on myself. Yeah, well, and I think they might have even been believing the hype a little bit. And it's oh, good yeah. going into that final stretch to know that you're not invulnerable, I guess. Well, yeah, and still have something to prove towards the end. Exactly, yeah. And at least it wasn't like a big loss either, too. It was like it could have it could have cracked either way. No, that say what you want, run, man. Russell Wilson is always in it at the end. Nuts to me. Yeah. I love that he got drafted today. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> That's so weird. At first, I was worried. I saw it, and I was like, wait, he didn't take it, right? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, if he happens to quit after the Super Bowl and want to go play baseball, he could. Exactly. But, but then, he he, wouldn't he be on, like, a farm team, and it would suck for, like, three years? I mean, he, he would not yeah. even make it to the pros, because baseball's straight, preposterous. He wouldn't straight be Dion, like, right, immediately. yeah, no kidding. Well, even Dion wasn't Dion, was he? Did he have I to spend some time in the minors before he went up? Probably. Jordan definitely never cracked the majors, did he? Uh-uh. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I know Dion eventually did. I just don't. Yeah, yeah, he did. Didn't Bo Jackson play pro and at, for the Royals? He was the one guy, right? Who yeah, could I do think. it. He was that good at everything. It would just suck because they wouldn't have him in the postseason if they ever got anywhere with like someone who is a two-sport athlete. Right. It'd be like baseball. I'd be like, all right, guys, I got to go, even though you guys are paying me more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it seems like baseball is that you can play baseball longer. That's the one thing. Oh, yeah. Because you it's see, just like, such a longer grind. Yeah. 45 year old guys are still playing baseball. You don't see 45 year olds in pro football anymore. Yeah, Jamie Moyer was just playing like two years ago, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was like the grandpa of all grandpas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like he's younger than the first base coach. <laughs> just barely. <laughs> just barely. <laughs> But the Seahawks, you know, are they're having a bang up year, and it's really fun to watch them on this run. Oh yeah, it's it's actually fun to watch them because I'll still watch them. Nor, you know, every other year I watch them, but this is the first year it's actually been fun. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I and I go into each game like with you know positive optimism and thinking like we could actually win this game. Well, we have players that are like a joy to watch. I mean, Russell Wilson, this guy who is almost unstoppable. He just always finds a way, you know what I mean? It might be with his legs, it might be with his arm, but he, he just makes plays happen. And then somebody like Marshawn Lynch, who just mows people down, and he enjoys doing it, you know what I mean? Marshawn is one of my favorite like characters in all of the NFL. He's such a hard worker, and he's so dominant, and he's and he's you know so powerful on there. But then like he doesn't do any really any interviews. He always stays to himself. He talks like he he's never left the Bay Area. And he seems like a total sweetheart and everything like that. But then you watch like the real Rob report where they're backstage and everything. He just shut down. Won't talk to anybody. (laughs) Won't make faces. All stoic all the time. He's just like really weird guy. And I really think he's awesome. But he always has like these little touches of style. Like in the Beastquake run. 
when at the oh. end he flips backwards into the end zone. <laughs> or there was a run, I think it was your earlier this season, where he's going for the corner of the end zone and nobody's around him, and he stops and just steps over into the oh, end man. zone. Wasn't just that like, just awesome? Embarrassing everybody. The worst part about that play is there was a storm. There was a storm everywhere going through, like, Denver and everything, delaying a bunch of games and shit. Uh-huh. And by the time it got around to Spokane, it was they had a storm warning right during that play. It was very upsetting because it was the Sunday night game. Oh, that's and, uh, brutal. You didn't get to see that? Not live. I saw, like, a thousand replays, but it's not the same. It's <laughs> right. not the same. And I'm so smart that I was like, oh, I missed the touchdown. I better rewind my DVR so I can see it. Not realizing, hey, it recorded the storm warning, you idiot. <laughs> oh, shit. So immediately that was not a good sign. But yeah, ESPN was my friend that night. <laughs> there you go. Damn. Man, Marshawn is so cool. I just love how he never stops running, like ever. His legs are just always going 100% yeah. of the time. And, you know, there are these times where you'll see him disappear into a pile. And you're like, okay, play's over. And you'll, like, take a yeah. sip of beer or whatever. And then all of a sudden he busts out and he gets 10 more yards. Yeah. He, like, dives. Yeah, he's like another four yards. He can just do it by just kind of, like, extending his ankles. And, you when know. He- as much as I love Sean Alexander, oh my, that guy that. would fall down in the backfield. Ah, I'll, I'll, we'll get him on yeah. the next one. You just brush that guy about, and it's just like you really realize how important Walter Jones and Steve Hutchison were. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine how wow, how good Marshawn Lynch would run behind those two guys? Not that the current O-line is bad or anything like that. Well, they're just, just always piecemeal. There's always somebody who's out hurt. Exactly. And yeah. So they've and that had. There's like the been story of the NFL, right? There's no offensive line continuity ever. It seems like that's the one thing they can't seem to hold together. Well, that and keeping the Legion of Boone from smoking pot. But <laughs> this is Washington, damn it! <laughs> there should be special exceptions. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's trickled down to the NFL yet. The whole legalize it thing in uh, Washington, but. Yeah, exactly. They, I mean, maybe just during home games. Maybe if that, you know, <laughs> or when, right? the, or when they visit Denver. Yeah, they can. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so they got to figure out to make that work. But that's interesting, uh, though. They're playing the Giants, so they'll actually get a chance to play on the very field. Don't you jinx it, Steve. That the Super don't Bowl is it. going to be played at. That makes me so nervous because so, I'm gonna be like. But to have that experience, to have oh, been there, that's insane. In the same year, oh. I don't know. And, we only need what win two games out of the last three two to last uh, get three home field throughout yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> this has been sports talk with Stephen Beefy. Yes! <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Just the other day, uh, uh, Dale Chase did a video of the top five like Nerco albums you should own, and he included me in the list. And when I heard that I was included, I assumed it was for With Sprinkles, but he put up the uh, Bowling for Shiva, to the right? Yeah, yeah, Bowling for Shiva. <laughs> and I was like, that's so weird. But he was highlighting the fact that, you know, just because it's Nerdcore, it doesn't mean that we don't like sports and stuff. So it's so crazy I get to talk about sports and be a Nerdcore guy at the same time. Absolutely. Oh, and I love the fact on that EP. That you did a song about the most fucked up character on any television show anywhere, <laughs> Rafi. That dude, every time you see him on the screen, you're just, what did I just see? Rafi's life, he's like the best, he's got the, the <laughs> he's got to be the most fun character to play for any any actor. He's oh, just yeah, he's say got the bunch to. of best one-liners in the world. He really does, yeah, it's just insano. <laughs> and you're always I like, did. did I really see that? I'm day drunk. It, oh, it's just it's so good. <laughs> Who wants right. to see my dick? Did he really just wipe his ass on the towels? <laughs> <laughs> I just used these monogram. What is monogram? The monogram toilet paper. Roxanne, poor Roxanne. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, so, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I really like the show, but being able to do songs about, like, you know, what it's like to, to feel like that guy in the draft and, uh, you know, just, just feeling what it's like to, to want, you know, the way the guys feel in that show with their, with their significant others and how that feels like, you know, with your significant other and your right, real yeah. world and when you just have your passions you want to be passionate about and you don't want to share necessarily. And your wife is beating your ass at it. <laughs> exactly. That is the right. worst one. That That's... There's one thing to have, like, you know, I'm just not interested in it. Like, Shander, my fiance, she's she's my biggest fan. She loves me. But, you know, she may not be able to quote every one of my songs or anything like that. The worst thing in the world is if she were not only a rapper, but a way better rapper than I was. <laughs> then that would just, that would take it too far. Right, and, and she that. just picked it up last year. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And she just, like, she kind of just dabbles. <laughs> and kills it every time, right, exactly. So she makes up these little these little ditties that she thinks I should sing, and one of them is, uh, and I've, I've stolen it from her. The, she has this idea for a song called Fat Boyfriend. Everybody wants one, everybody needs one. Fat boyfriend, fat boyfriend. So I've taken that, and I've decided to steal that and make that an actual song someday. <laughs> Completely written, original by Beefy, with no help from anyone. Just, <laughs> just to upset her. And is that the kind of weird thing? Because I'm afraid that if she, if it's a hit, she will become better than me, or at least think she's better than me. Right. Which yeah. I can't, I can't have that in my day to day. Because she'd be like, well, that song wouldn't be shit without my hook. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the only reason people like it, beef. That's the only reason. I'm, I'm the I'm a tastemaker right now. That, is that what that is? Okay, tastemaker. Yeah. That's that's a new thing. You know, you're responsible for, you know, jet setting and what have you. Right. Yeah. Setting the bar there. Exactly. What's new and hip? All right, man. Well, I appreciate you joining us on the show. And again, thanks so much for being a part of the film fest. Right now, we're sitting at sixty-two percent. And uh, we're climbing every day, so things are looking doable. And uh, if we get to that point, uh, it's going to be an awesome good time, I think. Yeah, everyone should definitely donate and help out and make sure you can come out to the thing because it's going to be super fun. Yeah, and again, we're, you know, we're not asking for free money necessarily. We're selling you tickets cheap. We've got mm -hmm. T-shirts, hoodies, posters, all kinds of great swag that we'll give you a good deal on. So you're getting something out of this in addition to just a great time on April 26th. And this is really, if I think about it, this is really one of the only opportunities anyone not in the Northwest has to, if they get that big bundle, uh, to get that album that with a bunch of unreleased tracks that I'll only be selling at shows around here. So if you live in Kentucky and you really want that <laughs> cool, beefy album, you should definitely help out. There's still out there. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I've, I've talked to you about this song before, this next song we're going to listen to. And, you know, it's kind of buried deep in with sprinkles. And uh, it's rapidly become, uh, along with You Can Call Me Beef and Tabletop and some of your other tunes, one of my favorite beefy songs ever. Tell me about how One of These Nights came about. Well, it's uh, one of these nights is buried in with sprinkles because I was afraid the Eagles would somehow find me and uh, <laughs> sue me, which I'm not about. So, uh, but Tanner, he's this the, the best at taking classic rock songs and turning them into cool hip hop beats. And music I grew up with is the stuff my dad listened to in his truck, and he was a big fan of you know Led Zeppelin and the Eagles and you know late Beatles stuff and everything like that. And he just made this really, really, really cool beat. And I just remember being like, you know, kind of in a bad place at the time, just really upset. And I used to spend a lot of time in my car listening to my music and my radio, you know, then my stereo to make sure it sounds good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had his beat on one of the CDs, and I, I wrote to it and on a notepad in uh, my truck at like one in the morning, and just got home and recorded it almost immediately i just really dug it and just such a ah, just such a good beat with such good drums and 
just really catchy and and I you know try my best not to ruin it essentially. <laughs> well, you did a great job, man. I love that tune, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Oh well, definitely. I can't wait to I can't wait to be in town, and you know, hopefully, people will come by to the show and buy me a, a beer for my birthday, and you know, I can tell them about the Kickstarter and about uh, the cool ass film festival. We'll make that happen. All right, man. Yeah, well, uh, thanks much, and here it is, folks. One of these nights. It's a sexy song. It really it's is. Yeah, it's a jam. One of these nights. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. To the floor, got so what I'm paying that you all and lost control. And I came in like a superstar. Don't give a damn about who you are. Excuse me while I rip some balls and rock some 70s guitars. Won't amount to anything like the shits I give. When I try to find the words about this life I live, did it on my own as a matter of fact. Beefy Tops got his name with the map. Killed it in the Netherlands, high and nerdy. Portland lost their minds when they finally heard me. And then I flipped it and I ripped it, got addicted to providing you with sick shit. Hit this, and I know that you love me one of these nights, like your flashlights and your dirty gigabytes. I six scenes make Screw it like a fuel mouse Think we might have found a winner for this roundhouse You ain't up on this, cause I go up on this Mom and daddy were no fans of the Nazareth And I got hair with the dog, I got my head in the fog I'm coming through with my squad, I'm making you like I'm Zod Crank this, but I don't think that you're Superman You're just a super fan, burn you like your worker man Radio's off when I'm in this place Frankly, I've had enough, get it down my face And then I kick, slam, running around I run through your town, you'll pay the pretty girls that I found Had the fat kid do a well, that's my secret Three sheets to the wind when I wrote these lyrics Hit the it enough? Can you handle the stuff? Think that you've had enough? I think it's about to get rough. Love for hard work and illegals like has to wear your eagles. Watch me fly with the eagles now.
Hi, this is Beef Thompson, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Beefy with One of These Nights off with Sprinkles. And that was preceded by Four Fine Walls from The Grammar Club. I like that song a lot. That's really catchy. And man, did you notice that's uh, Adam Warrock on there as well? I didn't even know that. Yeah, just Beefy and Adam Warrock trading lines, just tearing it up. Very cool stuff. Yeah, you know, you and I didn't talk about what songs we were going to have on the show. I'm really glad you played that. That's one of my favorite Grammar Club songs. Oh, nice. Yeah, you always, it's funny, when we had Beefy on before, you were the one who was like suggesting, what about this, what about that? We really should have Shale on at some point. I am Facebook friends with him, and I you know, hear the stuff he says, and he, I think he's a very interesting fellow. He has a lot of interesting views on things, and uh, I think he'd be a great guest on the show. Go get him. I'll do it. I'll, I'll make that happen. All right. So well, one of us is confident around here. <laughs> one of us is incontinent. <laughs> that too, but I said confident. Oh, okay. Well, uh, how about a little multimedia triage? Wait, oh, but we already talked about XCOM. <laughs> Actually, uh, just one last thing. Uh, DZ is wondering when we'll hit the peak video game console. Don't you think this generation probably? They're saying that this is going to last another 10 years. My guess will be that this machine will have movie-quality video games by the time this generation is over, if it's going to run the next decade. Yeah, probably so. It just seems like we're bumping up against it now. Eventually, you know, your eyes can only see so well. You're going to have HD TV that's more HD than you can even perceive, and your your games are going to look like movies. Yeah. But I mean, and eventually a- it'll all just be streaming anyway from the the unibox that you have in your house, and that's what that's what Xbox wants to be. Right, but there's definitely a difference if you're watching like a football game on standard TV, and then you switch over. Particularly sports, I think, looks a lot better in HD. Oh yeah, but I think HD is probably the limit, like you're saying. But right now, we do. Do we have games that are true HD? I mean, the, even the last Mass Effect, it was still an animated cartoon video game. It wasn't like you were watching a movie at all. Yeah, I do know what you mean. But I think that that's, that's the logical stopping point of that, is when games are essentially interactive films. Well, I hope it comes soon so we can quit worrying about how good they look and get back to making games that it's more about how good they play. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, because there, there are a lot of games that... I don't know. You still play the shit out of... Was that Geometric game that you yeah, played? Yeah, Geometry Wars. It looks like an arcade machine from the 80s, but it's a fun, fun game. Yeah, you played the hell out of that. I played a ton of Plants vs. Zombies, and that wasn't any great shakes graphically. Yeah. And uh, yet, I had a lot of fun with it. Stupid-ass Tiny Death Star, for instance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seriously, looks like straight out of 1987, and yet... There's a lot of fun there. So, dude, what else have you been watching, reading, listening to? Anything cool you know, going on right now? I've really been uh, failing when it comes to uncovering new and wonderful things, and I've been succeeding at going back and watching old stuff that I hadn't watched. I'm watching Heroes because it's streaming. I can finally watch season one at my own speed. But uh, I read a book. How is and Heroes? I, was... I could never really get into it. Is it worth really? looking into yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm like halfway through the season. It's it's time well spent. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why why you don't like heroes. What's your no? It wasn't a not like it. I just anyway. Watched watched a couple episodes, missed the first couple, 
Well, watch him and watch a few. Well, this was back in the day when that wasn't as easy to do. And then now there's other stuff that we watch. Although tonight is the uh, season finale of Sons of Anarchy. So I think I'm going to have a little time on my hands going forward for uh, some fresh viewing. Yeah, so you can do that. You can watch Heroes. The only new things, I just read Vulcan Lives by Nick Kime, which is, surprise, another Warhammer book. Because that's all I talk about in this show is reading Horse Heresy books. (laughs) (laughs) And... It was really good. It was really fun. Uh, if you've been following the story, there was that one book that came out, The Primarchs, and it was four short stories, four medium-length stories, and one was about how Vulcan was captured, and it was a pretty boring, weird story. And so I was, I was a little worried going into this book, a whole book about it, but it's all about Vulcan's imprisonment, and some. there's a parallel story going on at the same time where uh, John Grammaticus is looking for an artifact that may turn the tide of war. Dun, dun, dun. It's all big shooty space demons and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Read it. <laughs> yeah. If you dig on the whole War- Warhammer 40K universe, there's a lot to love there. There really is. I, I, <laughs> I admit, it's trash, but it's wonderful trash. Oh, it sure is. And they use a lot of really big words, which always makes me happy. Yeah, right. Yak Boy says stop after the first season of Heroes. That's what I hear. I hear season one is great, and then stop, and that's what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. But it sounds like you are on a good track. So you watched a film. I did. The Brothers Bloom. Have you watched that? I have not. Never heard of it. All right. It's directed by a guy that you call Rain, but his name is pronounced Ryan. (laughs) Rain Wilson? Well, I thought it was Johnson. The guy from The Office? Yeah. The guy who was in, uh, what was that, the superhero movie? Yeah, where he's the guy that hits people with a wrench. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some hero. Yeah, this is a really fun uh, movie, kind of a lightweight, a scam movie where you've got a, a pair of brothers with the last name Bloom, who were, of course, orphans. And they've they've gone through life as a pair of grifters and scammers, and now they're, they're grown-ups and still applying their their trade and it's going to be one last job to make them rich and then the the one brother is going to get out of it it sounds like a a tried and true plot but it's it's wonderful the way it's filmed it's got a lot of humor to it it's really light and there's some there's some really fun characters in it if you haven't watched this movie i would suggest watching it because it's it's just some good popcorn fare my only complaint is it ends with kind of a thunk it's a really smart movie, and it just zips right along, and then the ending is just awkward. But still, it's, <laughs> okay. it's worthwhile. That's interesting. Yeah. But you'd still recommend it? I would still recommend it. It's like if you knew you were going to be able to go to bed with Scarlett Johansson, but you were working in a nut, you'd still do it? Even though the <laughs> ending isn't as good as you'd like it to be? <laughs> okay. Like that. I, I gotcha. What about you? You doing anything uh, besides working on Film Fest stuff? Not much. You know, like you're saying, kind of digging into some old stuff. Got into the Godfather marathon on Thanksgiving a little bit, and so I dug the DVDs out, and I've been watching those again a little bit. It's funny, though. The Godfather is real modular for me. It's like I love the New York stuff, and then when Michael goes to Italy, I kind of don't give a shit, and I skip over that. And then in Godfather 2, I love the De Niro in Italy stuff, 
But then I hate it when the Corleone family goes to Las Vegas, and I stop watching that. So it's like there's segments of it I eat up like candy, and then other parts I can't be bothered with. So I kind of take what I need from that trilogy and then move on. Other than that, I have been, uh, like I said, I'm caught up on Sons of Anarchy, the uh, season finales tonight, looking forward to that. And I'm reading another Grisham novel, uh, The Confession, which is a story about this uh, African-American football star in high school, and he gets uh, wrongfully arrested for the rape and murder of a young girl. Gets put in jail, gets railroaded into a confession by the uh, arresting officers, and then uh, basically gets ridden to death row. And then at the last second, this guy pops up who actually did the crime. And it's a race against time to try to save this man from being executed in Texas, where in the story anyway, they are uh, all about trying to move along death row as quickly as possible. Texicuted. Yeah. So good book so far. Kind of heavy. It's it, the, the guy who shows up. Sounds like the guy who's the actual murderer has a brain tumor. And so he's rethought about, you know, what he wants to do. He doesn't want this guy to die. And so he uh, confesses to this priest in another state. And so the priest rushes him down to Texas to try to stop the uh, impending execution. And that's where I am so far. Pretty good book. Uh, I found it gripping. Much better than that other piece of shit Grisham book I read recently that I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> uh, Although you're not, you're not all the way through this one. This could still take a turn into It definitely suckling. could, but uh, so far so good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, and then uh, I just started playing a game from All Graph Studios called Dark Out. I do not know this Dark Out. It's a game on Steam, and it is a it's kind of like Terraria meets that movie Pitch Black with Vin Diesel. Right on. So it's a, a game like a 2D uh, building and mining and all that stuff. It has that aspect to it. But you're also fighting creatures, and you have to kind of manage your light so that you can see what's going on. Otherwise, you'll be killed in the darkness. There are some translucent, like, jellyfish-like creatures. The graphics are pretty good. Almost reminds me a little bit of, like, old-school Psygnosis uh, Amiga games. Yes, yeah, so kind of really pretty. Uh, not very far into it, though. I'm having some trouble with the interface, so I'll give it a more full review next episode. But uh, so far, so good. I'm enjoying what I've seen from the game so far. And this I absolutely have to talk about. Talk. Saturday morning breakfast cereal. Mm-hmm. The Starpocalypse is nigh. For the folks who uh, donated to their Kickstarter, we already have the full Starpocalypse five-episode series that we can watch. It's going live to the world on Christmas Day. Nice. And it is hilarious. So it's basically the story of 7,000 A.D., the last religious man has been driven from Earth. And the invention of an orgasm button has caused the entire population of Earth to not give a shit about anything else. And I these, can see that. These two academic brothers, played by John Brents and J.P. Nickel, who were two of the, the most recognizable and really funny actors from all the Saturday morning breakfast serial sketches, play these brothers who are academics who are forced to leave Earth to find a way to save their jobs because there's no more room for academia in a world where you can have an orgasm with the slap of a button. 
So they go like into mouse? space to find a to try to find a way to save their job and run into God. Well, that's going to put a crimp in things. So, so far, it's really hilarious. I've watched the first episode, loved it, and can't wait to see more. So keep an eye peeled for that on Christmas Day. Okay. Saturday morning breakfast cereal rules, though. I mean, talking about the Film Fest, we played a ton of their stuff. BJ Bond, hilarious. The Santa one that we had last year. Yeah, what was that one? He's messing with no the kid's Santa. mind. That's what it's called. No Santa. Yeah. I'll, I'll repost that on the uh, Bone Bat events page because that is hilarious. hilarious. We even had them in attendance at our film. We fest. did, yeah. James Ashby joined us for uh, the screening of BJ Bond. And what was the other one? Mad Scientist. Yeah. <laughs> with the, the instant <laughs> like killing button. The saw thing. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. So I've, I really dig them stuff. I think you, you were the one who... First introduced me to Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal. You were hey, emailing me skits every once in a while. And uh, good call, man. Their stuff is really funny. Boner. <laughs> so what else? You got anything else that you've been I got doing? nothing else. That's it? Got a Brothers goddamn thing. Unless you want to come over and help me build this desk. No, I do not want to help you with that at all. Well, why don't we check out one more tune? How about a newer one? All right. This is from Beefy's uh, latest release this is called uh adventures of beef thompson check your local listings which came out in 2013 and this song is called i want you You at a show that I did on the coast First in line at my booth Cause he loved me the most What you said when I want you Not to go for a hug Dripping sweat just a bit Cause it's hot as a mug But you just smiled And alluded sweating war And a setting of familiar That you can afford Well I'll be honest Crazy hotties Don't come knock down my door Your clothes a cloud of war That maybe we should explore She said I'm back in my own place, grooving at my own pace, sitting by the fireplace. My dog goes nuts, never guess what I saw. The same damn girl breaking into my garage. Said she quit her job so that we could be together. And said she stopped taking meds, she could really focus better. I told her she looks tired, maybe come for a seat. I just gotta call my mom, probably not the police. She took a seat, but it was up on my lap. It really took me back, like it was six months past. You're the greatest rapper ever and the best I ever had. The flattery won't get you nowhere except for my pants. Moment reaches clarity when things are getting steamy. Told the girl she had to roll. She said, surely you don't mean me. I said, I mean it, and you shouldn't have called me. Surely had until 1130, but the sheriff got the early. She yelled, oh, Order one way to kill a boner. Guess my number one fan was described as quite a loner. Set throughout her place, were just pics of my face and a pillow with my picture that at night she'd embrace. I said you're kidding, yo, that's really freaking Looney Tunes. I guess I'm kind of special. This don't happen to a lot of dudes. I suppose that there is such a thing as caring too much, but can't you blame her? Life is different once you have felt my touch. Nobody's ever driven that far to kiss me. Nobody else is up but cheek that says beefy. She wants my body so that she can make a baby. Even knows the name my mom had chosen if I'd been a lady. I 
feel my brain start to pain with emotion. Is this fanaticism or is it just devotion? Call me Mr. Psycho when I'm thinking, oh well. Lawyer screaming, what the hell? When I went to her cell singing. All right, once again, that was Beefy from Adventures of Beef Thompson. Check your local listings EP, which is available now through Beefy's Bandcamp page. I think you can go to beefiness.com and pick that bad boy up. So what else we got to do here tonight, Gord? I got to build a desk. Uh, I've managed to sell my car. I think my work is done. Your work is done. All right, man. Well, yeah. uh, why don't we do a few thank yous? Of course, I'd like to thank Beefy for allowing us to play his music and for joining us on the show, the interview that you uh, have heard. Also, I would like to thank all of the backers so far for the fourth Comedy Forest Film Fest. BitDog, I'd like to thank him. Longtime supporter. Vaughn from New Jersey. Longtime fan. Brett F. Brett, long, long time friend. Stuart, our uh, fan from Wales, Wales, who always pipes into the show. Doiner from Drunken Zombie, firing in. John Holes, again, who's a longtime attendee of the film festival. GGS, she also, I think this will be their third film festival they're attending, and they're, they fired in as a sponsor this time, so thank All you right. so much to them. Uh, Matt Lore, Kim P., DZ, of course, thank you also for joining us on the show. Scott Morris from the Disney Indiana podcast. Smoke Emotion, Five Monkeys. Zach, of course, a great guy. Lorelai Shannon, noted author. Jeff Williams, who was the uh, director of Hold the Mayo, one of our filmmakers supporting us. Thanks so much. Shannon Flowers, of course, from... Seattle Geekly also fired in as a sponsor of the Film Fest. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to Matt from Seattle Geekly as well for the support and for joining us on the show tonight. Eric Morgret, longtime friend and advisor. We appreciate the support. Jerry Kutch, one of our biggest supporters. Tony K, a very good friend of the show. Curtis L., Dan Orm, previous sponsor from Stalker Farm Field of Screams. Thank you once again for the support. Andrew T., Andy C., Emily P., Julie R., Jason M., Doug T., Julie Hoverson from 19 Nocturne Boulevard, once again returning. Thank you so much for the repeat business. Longtime listener Grant A., Aaron B., Kevin and Kate from Central Cinema, Scott and Troutle, and Longspeak. So those are our backers so far. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it and everything that you've done to help make this festival happen. Wouldn't that make a great Christmas present to uh, give your significant other Take film it. festival tickets? Just say, hey, look, I, I supported the Kickstarter and because of it, you are going to get to go to this film fest. In Just April. an amazing amount of fun. Well, what about a hoodie? Wouldn't a what about that hoodie? hoodie be just like an excellent gift for the holidays? I think so. Sure. Any holiday. 
right. Uh, our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. You can find the heavy half hour on bonehand.com during non-bonebat weeks sometimes. And you can find my stuff at mightywombat.com. True, I haven't done jack on that site for the last couple of weeks, so you could go to the mightywombat.com Facebook page and see old stuff there. I also occasionally Twitter at mighty underscore wombat. You can find me on Twitter as well. I'm Bonehand over there. And there is also a Bonebat Twitter feed where we feature a lot of our news about the film festival and all that good stuff. We also, did you mention that we have a Bonebat Facebook page, Gord? I did not mention that. And now, at this point, we also have a film festival event page. So It's just too much stuff. A lot of places to find information. The event page will be specific news. Also, I have been posting daily links to shorts from previous festivals that we've shown. Uh, a lot of favorites there. Showed Treevenge, Tune for Two, a lot of stuff that I think folks will really dig. So uh, take a look at those. Uh, I'm sure that you wouldn't mind uh, revisiting a couple of those because they're a lot of fun. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Our final tune tonight, we're going to go back to the Grammar Club. Now, this is a song... Beefy, it's no secret, is a huge fan of the Street Fighter video game series. So uh, he put this one together with the Grammar Club. This is Red Cyclone, his salute to Zangief vocal version. It's a single from 2008. I hope you dig it. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. So I got the kind of moves, make you clap your hands Full train, so it's always like it's on demand The kind of discipline none of you can understand Every day's a challenge, every day's a test Travel all the way or just to prove I'm the best Punching and slamming, it's another victory Me holding the ground, it's just how it's supposed to be Bring on the game, we stop bringing the takedown If you ask me, don't bet a moment to right now Shut the match to the clock, take your shot Skills too weak for the strength I've got With just one move, I will take you down Please allow me to introduce you to the ground Extra large, but I change to the skies Most surprise, most will never leave you here with the prize
to sell out. Oh, I'm going to sell out so hard. <laughs> I know what you Steve, mean. Steve, you have no idea. 